Hello and welcome to episode 8 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Demo, and ex-motorbike dispatch rider, Mark. Pony Express dispatch rider. Was it? Are they still mm. around? I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't realise until after you talked about that, but you got a you got a bike the day you started your job. Yeah, I got the job on Friday and I went to buy the bike because I was starting on the Monday, but I didn't have a bike when I got the job. But you had a licence though? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'd had motorbikes okay. all the time. But uh, I got that. Got yeah. Anyway, uh, this is a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, conspiracy, and anything else our weird old brains throw at us. We're all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. How are you all right? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm quite excited about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. One particular Right. One particular aspect. Exciting. Mm. Um, I'm all right. Thanks. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm proficient at that. Well, asking how yeah, I am. Asking, yeah, for someone who espouses empathy. Um, I think I'm a bit a bit lazy. Really? Mm. You do normally. You just don't on here. Yeah, you didn't give me much of a chance, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just sitting there going, is he, get, is he, is he, yeah. is he going to? And you actually edited in a silence. <laughs> yeah. Just to make me look shit. A dramatic pause. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk about, I had a nice morning, but I actually had something to, not that I, not that I write all this down. We did joke about that the other day. Yeah. I don't write it all down, but okay. I had a nice morning. Tell me about your morning. Uh, I went and met a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, good friend. Good, yeah, very good friend. Uh, the singer in our band, Joe. Love her voice, to be honest. Very good, isn't mm. it? Um, hadn't seen her in a while. And the last time we did have a chat, uh, she had to run off. And because we were too busy chatting, she didn't eat her carrot cake. So ended up taking it with her. Play, plate and all. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we made it uh, a thing that she was going to finish the cake today. I just have this image that she was with you for about eight minutes and then just ran off <laughs> screaming because <laughs> she'd had enough. And then came back, grabbed the cake and went <laughs> the Why does um, nobody love me? <laughs> Joe, tell me. Well, yeah, it's pretty much like, yeah, but yeah it's exactly how it happens. <laughs> so that was nice. We had a ketchup and a coffee. and So I don't really do that on Saturday mornings, you know. No. Um, I mean, Wednesday mornings. I mean, where are we? <laughs> I just had that Graham Norton thing. We have to pretend that it's not Friday, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, we might have to tell, tell us at some tell, stage. What our secret. Yeah. Go for it. I mean, we're about transparency and openness, aren't we? Well, at the moment, and I don't think this will be a permanent fixture because I think life's going to get in the way, but at the moment, Saturday afternoon is podcast heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these go back to back. Yeah, they do. Um, Which it, create a bit of admin, weirdly a bit of admin. I'm always talking about admin, I'm a bit yeah. of a bore, but I know. But, I think um, one of us do. has to be because I'm just the, <laughs> the flash, humorous, good-looking, innovative the one. The talent. <laughs> and you're like the behind-the-scenes one that get a clap at pantomimes. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like Jimmy Cricket or Hale and Pace. Right. I'm just, okay. think, I'm just thinking of pantomime favourites that people I think, in America I think we're going to be coming on to references and that show our age in a minute. Yeah, but, let's um, get back to that. Yeah, might, that might be one of them. I have heard of those two, okay. unless I'm not, you know. Um, Big fans. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I was too busy forgetting where I was and drinking coffee. Like yeah. we're just having and congratulating a, yourself, you had a good morning. Yeah. Which I'm pleased about. But it was nice, you know, it's one of those... To set you on the right on the right path, doesn't it? Good. Um, coming up, um, this uh, episode we're uh, we're already in it. We're already in the warm up and stretch. We're warming and stretching. Um, in work life ballet, we've got retro suites, mood moods and music. Um, and uh, in drop and give me twenty, we're going to talk about the power of quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, back to where we were. Um, no, it's good to kind of uh, set your day off right, isn't it? I think we yeah. kind of touched on that the other week. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I do that very well. Okay. I mean, I don't well, you put, don't put something in enough that are things I, I'd like to do and catch up with, you know. Okay. Um, it sets you up, doesn't it? Exactly. A bit like your breakfast with all the salt on the other week. Mm-hmm. That set you up right, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. You know. And so maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe going back to what we're saying about celebrating, actually put something in, instead of waiting for something good to happen in the day. Mm. You've yeah. Taken, I mean, it might not have had the same effect Just on tr- poor yeah. Joe, but... <laughs> You mean my day went up, hers went downhill yeah. rapidly. Um, yeah, very, very likely. Um, I just noticed your T-shirt is very cactus-based. Did that, did that prickle your fancy when you saw it? 
<laughs> no. Um, it's weird. Um, you're you're one to talk about coincidences, aren't you? Go I'm on. saying this slowly because I do this a lot. I don't know. It's just because I've got a tired brain at the moment. But you know, we have so many conversations in the week. Mm-hmm. Things pop in your head. You go, mm-hmm. Who did I even have that? Yeah. Who said that? So it's like the fleeting nature of social, isn't it? I'll send you. I asked you earlier, oh, yeah, have, you, have, you, have you seen the, the wolf's third third kit? And you I, went, I sent it you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know. I don't know what's up or no, down thanks. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were you going to say about coincidences? Well, in the, in the last um, episode, there were a couple of things that just kind of came together, mm-hmm. like horse and carriage, yeah, um, like hail and pace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, you know, just themes, I guess. Cactus, I'm wearing a cactus yeah. top. And um, you said something the other day about coincidences. And I'm doing that slow talking, trying to remember <laughs> what I'm trying you to rescue said. you. I'll tell yeah. you what, I, I tell you how I can rescue you. I think coincidences are one of two things. Quite often, there's a lot of discussion or, or research around coincidences being not unexpected. So statistically, yeah. things happening when you go oh my god i can't believe that yeah and if you look at it and refine it it isn't that much of a coincidence it, there was a, a strong likelihood of it happening yeah i mean there's not a strong likelihood of someone buying that t-shirt so right. i think that is a proper coincidence <laughs> so rude. but here's a coincidence on a more formal note um i alluded to my dad's death and we had the funeral this week and i spoke in there and this is going back to celebrations and this is tying in well um my so around, around sorry my point your point um i used a prop in my speech at his funeral which was some certificates i'd found from a um, horticultural show mm. and um i sort of did them in a sort of ironic um humorous phase of my speech making the point that although my father was um a great sportsman it was other little things that probably gave him as much joy and he'd kept every mm. one of these certificates and I was reading through them at the funeral and it was, what I hadn't realised was that the person that awarded him those certificates was in the audience because um. one of my relatives had dropped out at the last minute and my sister had invited someone from the Horticultural Society who I didn't know was there. So I'm holding up and I went, so my dad had first place in scarecrow competition, brackets, adult class. And you think like, so he made one. He didn't he dress, made a scarecrow. dress up as one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worst dressed horticulturalist. <laughs> um, and I'm pleased it was adult class. I can imagine my dad being quite competitive and entering the seven to twelve age group. <laughs> so he won the he won the scarecrow. Um, he was second in um, any fruit in brackets not classified. I don't know like, what an unclassified fruit is. Not maybe a piece fruit of not, Lego, not known to man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, everyone looked at it and went, what the hell is that? Yeah. Is unclassified. It, it, it's a house brick. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I grew it. No, it's it. not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a house brick fruit. Yeah. Um, and then he won. Oh, oh yeah. Was there um, any pictures of these? Of, of the certificates? No, of the, oh, you had, I just wondered if there's any reference to what, what he won with. No, no, okay. that will remain. Well, it's, it's going to be too late to ask. So mm. the third thing that he did was... Um, Six climbing beans in brackets, not runner. And I'm thinking, what else climbs other than runner beans? Unless he trained some, like in a Mexican dancing bean, and he trained it to, <laughs> to climb a small gymnastic bean, yeah. perhaps. Acrobatic bean. Um, again, still not the else. And the final one, which which I said to the to the congregation was, um, and the one that's probably causing him the most consternation was second prize in three sticks of rhubarb. My dad was like well into rhubarb and I can imagine he had his three there yeah. and he was probably gloating. And okay. some bugger came and, I don't know, using too much horse manure or grow more. has just yeah. taken that from my dad. But he was furious. I don't think he was happy. I mean, there is slight tears and tear stains on that certificate. Oh. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it was around the bit I was saying about coincidences was... After I so he did he come up and introduce himself as no he had my sister had asked him he'd written an email going if there's any way i can get to the funeral please let me be there and we'd gone like there isn't any way only 30 people one of my relatives dropped out and so he was invited and he said can i speak 
So we said, yeah. And as he gave his speech, which was a very quick speech, he just said, um, he was reading it because he was quite nervous. He was reading it note by note and he went. And just to say, Mike really did enjoy his certificates when I used to present it (laughs) and looked at me as if to go, how dare you go fruit unclassified. (laughs) But it was a lovely tie-in. We hadn't planned it. And the same guy that had given the certificates to my dad Mm -hmm. that I'd alluded to, and he came up afterwards and he went, that meant the world to him. Those certificates were... So I think that is, it's, it ties in a couple of things. Celebrate our celebration thing. It doesn't have yeah. to be big gestures. Hmm. But that, if that's meant, you know, to a, to a sportsman that holds massive records in terms of try scoring England trials, yeah. I also found out in the funeral, um, he was approached by two rugby league teams to turn professional. Never deemed to tell me in his whole life that right. he'd been approached to play rugby professionally. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, th- those certificates meant that much, yeah, I think. It's, um, that's a coincidence, isn't it? That that yeah, was so. tied together. Yeah, nice ones um, yeah we we didn't um clap the end of our last episode is that going to be our way out <laughs> isn't it we shouldn't record that you know when we hit stop we're just sitting here you know yeah chest bumping and clapping each other out <laughs> <laughs> <Just it's, laughs> um, i don't think we come across as like whoopers no i don't think so no we don't have any apologies because we're perfect yeah and because there's only been 17 minutes since we last spoke <laughs> yeah and that time we haven't done anything wrong. No, well, not that we know of. I mean, um, I could check the inbox. Do you think? Do you think that'd be part of a coincidence if I now checked the... Well... Oh, wouldn't that be absolutely glorious if... Um, it's like you can hear me clicking. Um, Which just shows that we're not making this up. Yeah, it's real. Um, <gasps> it's one from Texas, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yeah. you all. We've got one from Instagram saying there's a new login to Instagram. Okay. Would that be you? Uh, yeah, it would be. Okay. I realised that the other day, actually, that my text message app these days is just full of two-factor authentications and mm. and codes from Amazon, and mm. Mm. no one actually texts me anymore. No, I mean, your your actual text message app just full of those things. Yeah, you know, there's, like there's a... you, you've been, def- you know, you've got a spam email, or just feels, yeah. it's, feel, it's kind of odd, isn't it? That our phones just, our lives are yeah. full of notifications about. I mean. I, I would think notifications, alerts to FA pretty much fills up mm. <laughs> most yeah, of our, I'm just most of our lives. Speak, but yeah. yeah, it's funny how text has gone. I remember, and we're going to come on, this is yet another link. This is seamless. One of the things when we're, we're going to talk about retro suites, we're going to talk about the generation gap, aren't we? Yes. Or what is a generation gap? Yeah. Um, and I can remember being um, working for probation in an office in St. Paul's and getting a note from IT saying you've exceeded your monthly allowance of 300 emails. Oh. And the probation service had a limit on how many, and basically, and it's the same with text, wasn't it? It's yeah. You were paying for every one. That's or right. You've bought 100. And now you don't even think about, you know, that, do you? No. Oh, I've got to slow down on the text. I'm going to blast yeah. my, my text limit. And I wonder whether it actually made your texts more conversational. If you're actually, number one, paying for them, that you put That's a value. Good. If they're limited, you're not going to put... Because yeah, you're right. I've just immediately thought of of photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the twenty six or what is it, twenty eight or thirty thirty six exposure film. Yeah, and you know now we're just blasting photos like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, filling yeah. some server in California like there's no tomorrow, yeah. and leaving leave, we leave the pocket shots on there, don't we? I mean, we don't even get rid no. of stuff now. Well, but there was a time when, you, full. yeah, but there was a time when you you wouldn't wait. You're at a party. You wouldn't waste. You wouldn't just sit there, banging through either dispo, you know, banging through film. You yeah. wouldn't take a bag of film with with you no. anywhere. Which just, yeah. I've just got four thousand shots. I've now got to go and process at Snappy Snaps. Yeah, and you know you don't. No, but there's the I guess the value because that cost that costs money. So you're mm. like. I can't remember the amount, 24 to 36. I can't remember which, there's two, yeah, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah, um, 24 to 36, yeah. Yeah, and um, you, you would use them sparingly. You think of all those great memories that we just haven't recorded because we were yeah. worried about, you just reminded me of that, The I guess the value. If you're paying for something, you kind of a bit, bit more, use it a bit more sparingly. But photo, photos don't cost us anymore. No, and so we just take a lot of rubbish. Yeah. I think one of the things, again, going on the generational thing, I think a lot of... Um, people in sort of late teens, early 20s will almost use taking the best. So so they'll take the 36 that we took and our 36 is going to sum up a holiday 
and their 36 is summing up yeah. one pose or one look or one meal. Yeah. And then it'll be which is the best of those, those 36, 36. Yeah. which in a way is like the old days because when you got 36 back, half of them were shit, weren't they? You always made mistakes or you didn't yeah. put the flash on. Or... But you, my, my dad used to do um, slideshows of our holidays. Yeah. We used to love that. It used to be quite an event. Okay. Um, and you realise that, think about now how many, how much film he, he, he took and then... Mm. I think, well, we, I don't know whether you just got it put straight to slide and then almost the foot, when he got the slides back. Then yeah, I did that for I a while. I don't when I used remember to travel, we get him. it as a slide because it's higher quality, isn't it? Yeah, I don't ever remember him curating those and then okay. going, right, I'm going to put that those 150 to slide yeah. and wow the family. <laughs> I think we're just looking at some, we're just a, a seagull in the corner, you know. <laughs> On the, We had a big screen in the dining room, yeah. you know, and he projected things like this. So some, yeah, thinking about it, some were just just sky and, yeah. <laughs> or ground or yeah. and then then us oh look at us you yeah. know so it just took me back then thinking about that mm. um people don't do that anymore do they they don't they should but they and don't. they'll click you know or you get to the end of the carousel yeah. and you have to change it <laughs> that's quite exciting so what's the next one's gonna um, more sky yeah or um i haven't appeared on any of the pictures yet mm. what, what are you saying <laughs> he loves I'm the pretty sure more than I, me <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i was there <laughs> These slideshows were just punishment <laughs> yeah. for your parents saying how much they hated you. Yeah, how much you appeared in the slideshow. 27 seagulls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can jump on to um, work-life ballet, talking about exactly that, the generation, retro suites. So you, <laughs> um, we were just kind of talking about it, weren't we, off-air again, um, mm. about actually there's not a huge age gap between us no, I think there is a huge age gap between us. Oh, is that what you were saying? No, clearly it wasn't. The point, the point. Well, I don't think it, I, well, maybe that's, I don't think it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't feel it depending on maybe the context of what you're talking about. I think what I'm, what I'm saying, the point I was saying, and I, obviously we're, we're men of mystery and it's just like. International men of yeah, mystery. The whole, the whole illusion about who we are and where we've come from is just going to be seeped out gently over the next <laughs> 200 episodes. But I made the point that if I had been a fairly virile teenager i could have been your father yeah and then i had a panic yeah i'm not you're going to reveal something no, on it i'm not on it <laughs> <laughs> little did you know <laughs> what is it eamon andrews coming in this is your life yes, <laughs> yeah you haven't seen in 40 years <laughs> so the point i was making was that um i mentioned bazooka joe chewing gum slash bubble gum to you and you just looked to me as if to go what are you what talking about? about? Yeah. And after we had that discussion, I spoke with somebody and I said to them, tell me how big is a generation gap? And they said 10 years. So a generation gap in pure terms is, is different okay. between generations, isn't it? So it couldn't, it would be more than 10 years. I didn't years. know I had actually had a, a figure. Well, it does in terms of, it's, it's a generation of a family, isn't it? You go from grandfather, father, yeah. So it averages, it averages 10 years, does it? Guess. Well, no, no, the difference, but the difference between you and your father in age is going to be the same in the difference near enough as your father and your grandfather. So that's the generation, isn't it? That's how I'm looking at it in terms of families. I don't know the answers to that. But, but what yeah, this, I think broadly, what this yeah. person was saying, which I agree with, is if it's 10 years, it's almost like, generally speaking, if someone is 10 years older or 10 years younger than you, or more than 10 years, they're going to be from a different generation. Their music and upbringing and everything's going to be different. Yeah. So the point I was saying to you at the beginning of air was, I've had 16, 17 years of existence that you didn't have. So you might have heard of it, but you haven't lived through those 16 I haven't had 17. yet. Yes. Well, with Bazooka Joe, you never will have, because they're not going to be no. brought back again. So do you want to talk about Bazooka Joe? Yeah, I mean, we've looked at our... We've looked at our How did it even come up? I can't remember what we were talking about when you mentioned, because you got very super, excited. You were jumping up and down. That superpowers. Was, of course, we're talking about superpowers, yeah. So, okay, this is worth a really quick intro. It is. I apologise to you. In, in podcast number four, I think, three or four, I was talking about not getting my degree. And you said not all heroes wear capes, which yep. was really clever. Did I say, I'm not even sure yeah. I said it quite successfully. I, just, I, think, I think, no, you said I don't. I don't wear capes. I don't wear a cape or a silly hat for anybody. For anybody. Yeah. And I went, yeah. yeah. And I just talked over you thinking my (laughs) next repost was going to be funnier, which it wasn't. So I learned a lesson there that that, that sometimes your nuggets are quite quiet. So I need (laughs) to... Don't bring my nuggets into this. Well, nuggets are actually retro sweets as well. 
Okay. Golden nuggets. They used to come in a little drawstring bag. They were very hard bubblegum covered in gold. Right. Anyway, so, well, they were breakfast cereal as well, but that's that's by the by. I'm... <laughs> come on, back on track, come on. Someone said I'd go off on tangents. <laughs> Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Joe. So, um, I said to you, when we're talking... <laughs> Just remembered. <laughs> when we're talking about superpowers, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why people go invisibility. If, if people were to choose... The yeah. classic, what, if you could have a superpower, what would you have? Yeah, and about a third of people choose it. And we decided, and again, I tend to do a lot of research after we've discussed something to see whether it's just us yeah. thinking the same things. So I spoke to a couple of people and said, okay, is invisibility a superpower? And we worked out, basically, the only advantage would be either voyeurism. Yes, in fact, that was the only one. <laughs> you couldn't actually do Looking anything. at people in the nude. Yeah. Mm. I can't see any other... For, I mean, of course, you can sit there and listen to com- have people having conversations about you. Yeah, which just, again you know, is probably not a superpower. That's probably no. going to be... But I always think what I do and I think I get kind of really kind of <clears throat> naughty and think, oh, I just... You know, when the, the till pops open at Tesco, you just see... Oh, you that. could steal some money. Yeah. yeah I guess. <laughs> That's a bit tight, isn't it? The other, question, <laughs> the other question was, does everything become invisible when you touch it? Because you could be doing something with your invisible hand. No, I mean like stealing from a till. Your mum's listening, for God's sake. You could be doing something with your hand. And if if the object, like a till, Mm. doesn't become invisible or the money doesn't become visible, there's just going to be money. Oh, you see money floating in the air, that kind of... I always think about how would you you, um, turn on the superpower? Because I've Mm -hmm. seen some films years ago. I think it's called Earthbound. It's just popped in my head mm-hmm. where they held their breath and they disappeared. Okay. How would you ne- enable that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't Do I mean, because okay, the panic is if you're invisible and you're kind of in the, you know, the old changing rooms having a little yeah, bit of a. Changing rooms also came up. Yeah. <laughs> Top um, shot. Yeah. Uh, there's that fear that something, you will suddenly appear again. Yeah. And get caught. So I, that, I always think how, how you know, if you're if it was holding your breath and then you, couldn't hold it any longer mm. you'd have to quickly sneak off go <gasps> and then come back and and disappear again yeah i think am in, i thinking about this too much i think if you're th- worrying about how i think you need to worry more about how you can become invisible rather than getting mm. found out in top shop changing rooms however i do have a solution <laughs> to your problem which is on my phone so i'm just going to read this out um sensational scientific marvel it's an invisible helmet so you're asking the how. Mm-hmm. I really wish this was a visual medium. A visual medium. So I'm just I'm just gonna this is from the fifties. And there's a sort of comic strip at the side with a young lad, not unlike yourself actually, if you look at him, a younger you. Yeah, ginger. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's got what looks like a small dustbin in his hands. Mm-hmm. And the first words are put it on. In the second one, he puts this small dustbin over his head and it says, now you can see people, they can't see you. And the third one has um, an attractive young lady, an attractive (laughs) young boy looking at him as if to go, who is that person? It's basically the person with a bucket on his head. And this was sold. And it says, this is magic. You put on this helmet and nobody but nobody can tell who you are. It's a bucket that you put on your head, but you can see everybody and everything. So it's a bucket. There's a little bit of truth in then in the fact they can't see your head. They can't see your head, but they can see your body. <laughs> so this sensational, this is how good this discovery is. This sensational discovery is as new as the hydrogen bomb. It's lovely that, that a bucket on your head can be compared with a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah. Which probably only a few years before yeah. obliterated... Uh, um Hiroshima. yeah yeah um Talk about taste okay. as exciting as a ride through space so i mean fair play to the marketing guys i mean they've turned on the taps here haven't they okay so it's hard to do um to, this is a difficult question for you so this is from america i think it's from the 50s um this miracle disguise can be yours for and bearing in mind postage was paid yeah what are you thinking uh, what fifties you say? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's in the cents. It's one 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 dollar ninety eight. Wow! So it's a Tom Corbett Space Cadet Cosmic Vision helmet. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone beat you. Be the first. 
use the coupon below or be sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit harsh. I can use this for our podcast advertising. Yeah. Listen Sat- or be sorry. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Five days. <laughs> Good. I can imagine the returns department <laughs> working overtime. <laughs> Bearing in mind it's postpaid. They're going to lose money sending it back. And the final bit is fool your friends. Put this on. No one can recognize you. It, it is a bucket. Yeah. Um, yet you can see everybody else. A bucket with a hole. Boys and girls, men and women. And you see what they are doing. So we're now getting into <laughs> yeah. wear this in top shop. Yeah. Be envied by everyone. You will have your you will have fun, exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. So it is just voyeurism, yeah, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. You will be the hero of your town. So That's good. I don't know if it's too late to order. Because I thought that was when you sent that to me, I thought that was bazooka. But that was just a completely how did you find that? When you were researching, I researched Bazooka because I, I got X-ray specs from Bazooka we haven't Joe. Even t- we haven't talked about what Bazooka Joe is. So Bazooka we, Joe we, with a chewing gum had a, a small comic in it. Mm-hmm. Bazooka Joe would be the hero. What kind of sweet was it? It was a very poor chewing gum bubble gum. It was. It okay. was called. I think it was called like bubble a, gum, but you couldn't. So like you would have got like yeah. a gobstopper kind of thing. Round. Well, no, like bubble gum. Uh, You're thinking of a gobstopper. Okay. Yeah, but a chunk of chewy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyone from our generation, though, that Anglo bubbly was what you would have. You wouldn't go for Bazooka Joe. You'd go for those for the prizes. So right. anyway, Bazooka Joe had extra Which is right specs. on target audience, I must admit, in terms of our demographic. What? People that would like to be invisible? Yeah. No, 40, I think our demographic is, well, our age demo is 45 to 59. This, this will so get, this will get things they in are, our mailbag. When I've said oh. Ang- Anglo bubbly was the best, there'll That's be a... I was a, thinking. They'll be all over it. Yeah. There'll be a flood. Mm. Um, yeah, so basically I saved up the comics from Bazooka Joe and got a pair of x-ray specs that allows you to see through anything. Right. And I've just looked this up under Retro Streets and the actual advert is a child with x-ray specs with an image of a woman in a negligee. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously it says it lets you see everything. Yeah, but they couldn't go the full. So that is saying that if you wore them, you can see just through one layer of clothing. Yeah. But not beyond their underwear. (laughs) Well, if they were just negligee, you'd see below that. Is that what it's? I think do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, the pitch, the pet, the picture. I think was like had something on underneath because they couldn't just have a naked lady, could they? No, but to give you a pair of glasses that allow you to see women naked was was actively encouraged yeah. in America in the sixties. Yeah, they didn't work that well. So what could you see through them? Just everything was just like a little bit blurry. Right, you just had to kind of just imagine yeah. really hard. <laughs> What a late naked lady looked like. Yeah. <laughs> or look in the, what was it, Grattan catalogues. Yeah. That was the, the sort of internet of the day, wasn't it? Yeah. You could choose something for Christmas and then look at. Yeah, I'm just looking at spaceships and Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's yeah. Bazooka Joe. So that was the retro suites. And I think the point I was making with the generation gap is even now I'm talking in an entertaining and, and humorous way, you're still not feeling that that was part of your life. No, not. Like I can actually like taste the Bazooka Joe now. It had a very limited taste life. Um, right. So, yeah, so I think it's that bit. Retro streets, I think, for people of a certain age, like my age. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether... In minds. I'm wondering whether the word retro shifts in terms of generations. I would, I would warrant, when we see from our mailbag this week, that people aged between... 50 and 59 will come up with things like sweet cigarettes and sweet tobacco and lucky bags, 3D lucky bags. I don't know, 3D is like old money when the world was in black and white. Right. So a D was like when there was 140 pennies to a pound. So one D was one penny. You're really old, aren't you? Really old. (laughs) I've even seen farthings. I think you're older than I thought you were. Than time itself. (laughs) (laughs) so these lucky bags were was a bag ironically going back to burger king that you didn't have to pay bloody 5p for the burger king wasn't around in your day no wimpy (laughs) so going back to the lucky bag the lucky bag was a paper bag that had a whole like selection of of exciting things in but bearing in mind this is one and a half p it wasn't probably Mm. as lucky as you'd expect the point was the lucky bit you're lucky if you've got anything in it, <laughs> <You just bought laughs> anything <bag>. worthwhile. <laughs> the point I'm making is I think for people aged between 50, it's sweeping generalization, which I'm good at, 
between 50 and 59, I think people will look back fondly as sweets being a major event in their life. Mm-hmm. Going to the shops to get sweets. Yeah. I think in later years, there might be people in their 20s listening to this who have bought sweets, but it wouldn't be seen. If you want sweets, you go into Tesco's and get a massive bag of whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas in that day, you had a limited amount of money, a limited selection. Mm-hmm. So you remembered everything in the shop. Yeah. It was like you had a choice of you know, four chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. And I'm, what I'm warranting is that in your age, that sweets and that sort of small scale stuff became less important. Mm-hmm. In your generation, there might be other things that you would have spent your money on. Maybe. It isn't yeah. just about retro sweets. It's about a whole number of other things. So one of the things mm-hmm. that I think is interesting is in my childhood, Sunday night was bath night. So you had one bath a week. Yeah. And that was Sunday night. And a tin bath in front of the fire. Yeah. All 20 of us. <laughs> the neighbours yeah, well, as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I look forward to Sundays. And... Um, <laughs> We'd listen to the chart show, and the charts were really important. On wireless. On wireless. And then that was followed by something called Sing Something Simple. If you're ever going to think of a, a, a name for a radio program, mm. Sing Something Simple, it's like, it's quite a, yeah. you're not aspirational, <laughs> are you? No, no. <laughs> there is nothing complicated no. or interesting about this. Anyway, the point I'm making is, in my generation... <laughs> I've totally lost this. What was I going to say? <laughs> Music. Okay. So in my generation, I would listen to the chart show and then my parents would listen to Radio 2. Yeah. And that's what happened in most houses. Mm-hmm. And there'd be one or two houses where the parents were a little bit more bohemian and they would listen to mm-hmm. Bowie or something else. Now, the, the music I listen to is the same as my children. I don't think there's generational gaps in music to the same degree there was. It used to be very much, if you're of a certain age, you listen to this. Mm-hmm. And now I think music has become so universal. There isn't divisions. So late 70s, you might have goths, you might have punks, you might have mods, you might have rockers. Mm-hmm. And people identify to a group. And you yep. are loyal to that group in terms of fashion, in terms of music. Yeah. And if you walk down the high street in Bristol, you would see groups of people that yeah. identified with those groups. And I guess, yeah, you'd, you'd know where you belong. Yeah. you know who to avoid yes. and who to go and hang out yeah. with. Yeah, and you would literally follow groups around so a pub would be a punk band. Mm. Mm. I think the point I'm making now is if you go down to the shopping centre, there'll be parents and children buying the same clothes. You know, somewhere like Ubiquitous Superdry. You can be 18, you can be 88, and yeah. people go into Superdry and buy their hoodies. Yeah. Whereas back in the day... If you're 18, you would dress in a certain way. Your parents would not go into the same shops. So I'm wondering whether the generation gap has been diluted to almost not being a thing anymore. Yeah. That there isn't any sort of boundaries between age. Is it just, you know, because when things, anything starts out, isn't it? There's only one of them. You know, it's just progress, arguably, isn't it? Or not, depending on how you look at it. But you in know, terms of what? When you well, say think something starts You know, music especially, like a lot of and fashion is, is, is derivative. You, know, mm-hmm. you kind of when you get into the fifties and sixties, you, you you know the the references get smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got the Little Richards. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's not and, much to choose from. And Presley, and then the big bands, mm-hmm. Stones, Beatles, followed them. And then, do you know what I mean? There wasn't, of course, there was other acts at that time, but there wasn't the amount of acts. Mm-hmm. There might have been, we just didn't hear of them. So they, again, you know, media and culture's got a lot to do with that. Yeah. Then over time, it's just there's more channels, there's more music, there's more of everything, and everything's kind of getting almost like a family tree. Everything's getting kind of divided up generations. Mm-hmm. Every generation, mm-hmm. it just splits again, doesn't it, and multiplies. And um, and you you can't have you know you go from kind of four subcultures, yeah, don't you to two hundred? Yeah, you can't you can't have that. And it will just become I want to say homogenized. Is that the right word? I think it is homogenized. Yeah, yeah, it becomes one. Like you said, universe. It becomes one big mass Happy of <laughs> yeah. But there's almost not really. Unless you're kind, you know, you still have mods, you still have rockers, you still have goths. You have, you know, I guess you have emo now. Hmm. There's still, there's, there are still genres and 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 division and subcultures but, but, and yeah, but the subculture is not quite mainstream. as defined. Um, if, if you see no. what I mean, and you should, you could say, well, the subculture well, isn't part, going to be mainstream. It's going to be a subculture, but but part of it, well, was it? You know, punk was arguably mainstream at the time, wasn't it? Although it wasn't, it was kind of going against mainstream. But very, you know, Pistols became mainstream arguably that yeah. you know they became the thing they were fighting against arguably 
Yeah, oh, totally, fair? totally. So, yeah. And Malcolm McLaren, I followed Malcolm McLaren from my punk days. I sort of stuck with him with a, I had him, and I, this is something I need to go and find out. Now I've mentioned to you, I will. Um, with my um, with my pocket money, I went into Virgin Superstore and there was um, an LP that had um, Malcolm McLaren talking to his mum with a budgie in the background. Right. And um, I bought it with my sister-in-law, who at the time was about 12, and we started playing and it. Was a, we played it at Sunday lunch and it was just effing and jeffing the whole way through. But it was just, it was basically Malcolm McLaren in discussion. Right. So when the Pistols, who weren't around for very long at all, mm-hmm. their influence way outweighed their yep. productivity. Yeah. He then did, he was a very, very clever person. And so he set up other bands like Bow Wow Wow. And so I sort of continued to follow him and saw, saw Bow Wow Wow a lot. But the point I'm making is you're right that it did become mainstream because it became, punk became news. Mm. But the point I'm making was that on a typical bank holiday, would sometimes go down to Weston for, for the fights like they were back in the day at Quadrophenia in Brighton and yeah, other places. Yeah. And when you would go down, there would literally be this parade of subcultures and you would choose basically who yeah, you aligned you to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there would either be a fight or there would just be people parading and, mm. and showing off their allegiance yeah. to, to, to fashion. And obviously something like the mods on their scooters mm. were very different to the punks. Mm. But I don't feel... I feel now that if somebody is outwardly one of those subcultures, it's almost like a little bit geeky or a little bit... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas of the day, <laughs> you'd go down and, and there'd be thousands of people yeah. sort of almost actively portraying what they were, actively showing what their beliefs are. Now, yeah. everybody now is homogenized. That's a sweeping generalization. But yeah. if you go to a place, do you know what I mean? If you go to... A shopping center or if you go to even like back in the day going to football you would see groups of skinheads or you would yeah. see groups of punks or whatever you happen to see whereas now it's i don't think there's going to be an uprising and you sort of think yeah. well the uprising in the 70s was in some ways a backlash against some of the music mm. that was around at the time yeah and regaining ground for youngsters which rock and roll's always mm. been but i'm wondering now if if i can't see there being a movement I can't no, think I, no. a load of 15, 16-year-olds right. getting so excited about seeing the Ramones. that. But in terms of moods, um, we kind of, music's a big part of our lives, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, and uh, it's very mood-driven. The calmer I want to become, the harder and faster the music I listen to, which which some people find a little bit strange. Okay, I can, so... I can find it, maybe it's a bit going back to my brother and his drummer <laughs> and our family, we need lots of kind of noise to kind of calm us down or something i don't know but um yeah i don't calm music stresses me right out okay which so, um, so you know isn't i guess isn't the you know like uh spa music hmm. is not relaxing to me no so i can have a relaxing massage listening to you know pennywise or something mm-hmm. some kind of american speed metal you know mm-hmm. um do you know what i mean that can actually kind of find that quite soothing and um, so some of the stuff where you train, where you put on when I turn, where you train, some things I can train. Sometimes I'm like, I can't. Although they're quite, I guess they'd they'd fall into the typical motivational music, mm. but I, I I can't get into it. I do try hard with you with the music. I haven't recently because I've not been into music myself, which I find really. Mm, that's quite another upsetting. thing, isn't it? When you you love it, and sometimes you just not yeah, it's not hitting the mark. No, nothing works at the moment. Mm. And I was saying to you earlier, one of the things, and I think this is interesting in terms of mental health, is that. Obviously, there's a supportive nature of music, but I think the danger is, and this is something that I found, is that I use I use music to accentuate the mood I'm in, good or bad. So if I am in not a good place, the music tends to reflect that, which mm-hmm. then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because the music encapsulates that emotion and, and increases it. So you never put it on to change it, you'd put it on to enhance the one exactly. you're already in. Which, again, when you're happy, mm-hmm. well, God forbid I should ever be happy, but if I'm anything approaching... <laughs> it's a short playlist, that <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if I'm playing music that I, I find uplifting, mm. it'll be because I am in an uplifted place. So yeah. it's, and I think in some ways the power of music should be the difference to that. It should be actually, mm. if you're not feeling so good, put on something. Yeah. But it goes back to what we said last week. If you're you're in a down place, me going sprinting isn't going to get rid of that down yeah, place. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing, any, anything no. or anyone can do. No. 
um, that's, that's odd, isn't it? Something you really like, isn't it? Where you just can't even. Sometimes I just kind of enjoy quiet. Even in the car, I always, you know, generally yeah. have something on podcast or music. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's, I will purposely turn everything off, even the fan down, so it's not making any noise. Yeah, drive quietly <laughs> under the speed limit. Um, I think you know, because I, I need, you know, that is more powerful than yeah, but peace and quiet. Mm. I mean, I'm I mean, not saying that, yeah. but that's, um, that's a theme. You're not selling the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is that bit, and as I say, because recently I'm finding that music isn't isn't creating emotion in me, so I don't listen to it. I think it's made me realise how important music's been mm. in my life. So I, I think I've mentioned to you that I'm trying to write this book and I'm struggling because I'm, I don't know whether it's the perfectionist thing, um, I'm trying to make it as real as possible. So I think I've mentioned to you, I'm going back to mm. every gig I went to in 1980 and trying to find proof that it existed. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> an interesting one. It was, your own sanity. it was a hard year. And I think one or two things have got contorted in the twists of... <laughs> Is that something you do when you kind of, if you do tell a tale, tale sounds like it's not true, but if you regale a story, do you use someone that kind of, embellishes that over time or do, or do you say it so many times or um i'm not saying you're kind of you know no i bullshit lots yeah and then after a while do you kind of then forget actually you're, really you're, what was true yeah so your memory of event is the last time you record it okay yeah okay yeah. so the last telling of a story becomes your reality <laughs> your you own chinese you whispers, don't then yes exactly you don't correct and go actually i know i've been telling everyone this for years but the truth was <laughs> So there's two things that are interesting. One, I'm going to set you your homework. I believe I saw you two in Cowardine's Coffee House in, I can't remember what month, I think it's February or March, 1980 in Bristol. And I've got some evidence that they were there and some evidence that they weren't. Were you with anyone? Can anyone vouch for your presence I wasn't with on that anyone. evening? The, the crowd was about eight people, so there's not many people so so that's number one. That's something, my last memory, because I've told this story. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's true. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't contest that that was true. I, I couldn't, I feel it is, I believe mm -hmm. it is. And mm -hmm. some of the research I've done even said there's urban myth that you two visited Bristol in 1980. <laughs> and there's something from a forum from a guy going, I was at that gig. Yeah, okay. And there was eight of us. Wow. Well, yeah. Anyway, so that's number one. Number two, and this is the interesting thing, and I think this is the bit around memory being the last recollection of that story, the last telling, is that, again, you two based. I believed, wholly, wholly believed, that Did when I was in Sheffield, I went to UB40 at City Hall, mm -hmm. and if you went to UB40, you got a ticket to see you two for 50 pence in a nightclub straight after the gig. And basically, no, everyone went to UB40 because they were so big at the yeah, time, yeah. red, red wine and all that. Mm -hmm. And no one went to you too. And there's about thirty of us there. So this was my story. I think it's quite an interesting story that you could see those two. You went. You went to the gig. I went to you before tea, and yeah, then I went and you to bought, you. You bought the ticket for fifty p and went. To yeah, the there's about thirty of us there, and we were drinking with the band afterwards. That's my recollection. <laughs> so in my research, and you say, I've, I've got an idea for a song, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Starts with uh... what you need to do. It's called, <laughs> I've got this idea for. It's called Band Aid. What you need. Have a word with Ultravox and Bob Geldof. Yeah, I've got, I've got this riff. <laughs> Think of the word Sunday in it. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Just keep repeating. Be a little bit political. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was my story. And that, that was told and regaled Can many times. Can you remember times. any things? I, I read um, Billy Connolly's uh, biography. What's mm -hmm. the biography? You know, Booze is featured heavily yeah. in, his, in his stories. Um, and when he was talking about recollections and memories and his and his drink mm -hmm. not a problem you probably wouldn't have called it a problem when he's you know, mm. having a good time um he, i think he kind of said to someone i've always wanted to meet Jimi hendrix mm -hmm. and someone close to him went you did yeah. and he has no recollection of it okay and i think that's quite just reminded me of that you know mm. you probably had a drink with bono you think you did but do you can you have any recollection my, of that i don't have proof i have recollection in my mind i can visualize me standing at a bar with him but that could have been because this story has been told but the point of the story is going back to the point about memory being the last recollection is that with this book i've then gone away and did this ever happen mm. and i've been able to contact a forum of some 
people that went to gigs in Sheffield when I was up there. And UB40 did play City Hall. Right. And U2 did play the Limit Club. And there was only about 30 people at okay, U2. So you've, okay. But there was a three-week gap between the two, <laughs> the two And events. there was no ticket for 50p? Yeah, no, the, was t- it... the ticket was free. That was, oh, it right, was, that was okay. the surprising thing. It was actually free for it's members. It's not that wild. wild no, no, is it but it has changed. That three-week gap has... Yeah. But I can physically remember leaving City Hall and, he... and doing the short walk to mm. see you two. Do you know what I mean? It's a better story. Yeah. Isn't it? It's more... And when you're telling succinct. stories, it's not it's not relevant how what time went between no. those two things, is it? No. Just... But yeah, I think that's that, that's, that's the thing. So, so I think that getting back to it, you were saying about moods and music, you've almost downplayed your sort of music at the mm-hmm. moment. You've alluded to scaring Joe in the cafe. <laughs> you, you did your little... Oh, someone told me, is it a paradiddle? Yeah, I did. Have yeah. you had some feedback on that, have you? Someone said, I heard Damien... And my rudiments. Is it paradiddle? It is a paradiddle. She said, I just like looked at her vaguely not knowing what it was. I think that was Kelly again. Cleaner Kelly. Okay. I think she mentioned the paradiddle. Someone did. Right. <laughs> I won this. But no, I mean, I think I was going to ask you the question. You're much more, I mean, you're not in the industry, but you know, well, you're you know, in a band. I'm very well connected, you know. <laughs> um, so how important is music for you in terms of oh. mood? How cathartic is um I think that just on going on what you're saying, it is odd when suddenly you find that you can't listen to anything even the stuff you absolutely adore. Have you done that as well then? Recently, I just... Okay. It's almost like, um, I think I have this sometimes this thing where any stimulus, I just can't bear. Whether that's music, whether that's... Oh, cool. Touch we haven't discussed conversi- this then, have we? Really? I or don't, have we? I don't think so. Not, we're not here. Okay. So there's sometimes, yeah, it's happened to me recently where I kind of just gone up. There's a period I used to do quite a lot of podcasts and the reason I've been listening to them is because we started one, but hmm. there's a point where I... Okay. Well, it's still a lot of, I just kind of binge on that and then don't have anything for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then just can't even, even the stuff I love, I can't listen to. So, but then I've just started picking that stuff up again mm-hmm. um, and listening to, I guess, reminiscing, listening to all the stuff I used to listen to when yeah. I was younger. Or um, I've done this thing at work where everyone, um, not everybody, I think about eight people have done their top 100. So you have to pick wow. 100 tracks and they all have to be different artists. So essentially you pick 100 of your favourite artist and pick the, your favourite song of theirs. Is work quiet at the moment? <laughs> Today, guys, still no I did contract. it in my own time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you go in there all hiding all scraps of, the cult- of paper. Co- yeah. Culture's very important these days yeah. in business, you know. No, it was actually quite an interesting exercise to do. It's quite hard. Mm-hmm. I think I took um, outside of work, mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know, it took me four hours, five hours. Yeah. It's actually quite, I actually do recommend doing that. Have yeah. you ever done it? I do bits. I've got. But have I, you got just a hundred, no more, no less? So, but you basically have to pick the cream of the stuff you like. The playlist last week that you went, this is a good playlist, and you didn't know I'd done it. Don't do a face like that. You no, no it because good. it was good for about eight songs and then just. Only because Comedy Rebel came in. <laughs> Which again? No, because it was that cover, wasn't it? It was. Here Comes the Sun. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good cover. Yeah, but. That's why I. But Comedy that, Rebel means nothing to you, does it? Yeah, I've heard of them. Okay. Your dad played. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Sing something simple with no, Well, rebel. music never came from my parents. Hmm. Um, no, not mine. I found it through. Um, it's weird why I always wanted to be a drummer. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from, as long as I can remember. So I don't know where. It could be the Muppets. Mm. It's the obvious one to think mm. about. With Is it animal? Yeah. Mm. You're a good yeah. drummer. Huh? You're a good drummer. Thank you. No, are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I I would, why would I get a compliment from you? <laughs> Don't even ask how I am. Yeah, drumming must be easy. Uh, no. Well, it is really. No, I just, I, I find it hard to know when I'm listening to, so I've got... Did you say, oh, sorry, uh, am I a good drummer? Are you asking me if I am? Yeah, yeah. That's not a question. Okay, not really. Isn't it? Ask me if I'm a good runner. Well, no, exactly. Are you a good runner? Yeah. Are you a good PT? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Everything else I'm shit at these two. <laughs> I wasn't going to go into anything else. No. <laughs> um... I don't, that's, that's not for me to answer. That's the difference between us. I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. You can take a compliment really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. Well, that's, that's probably why I was looking for one. That's because I'm, I'm used to <laughs> that. I don't normally get them. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, it's a weird one. I asked you if you're a good drummer purely because I'm not expecting you to either be immodest or to show off, but. I struggle with that though. Really? It doesn't feel like it's for me to say. I think I've talked about my bar and, you know, how I know I can always generally always better i think everyone can better themselves no one's going to get to the point where they're 
I'm finished. I'm the complete article. There's nothing left to work on anymore. Can't be true for anybody. No. Right? Okay. Let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to interject. I'm finding this strange. So what? here we go. Here we go. Okay. Are you a good... Well, is this when you're going to point out a massive contradiction, isn't it? I can feel it. No, what I'm trying to... I think what I'm going to try... Because <laughs> I think I am sometimes. The conclusion I think I'm trying to get to is, apart from your, your recent speeding debacle, do you consider yourself a good driver? Yes. Okay. So where's the difference? I'm not performing. <laughs> we come back to this. I'm not driving for any purpose other than to get me from A to B, and I like, the, I like doing that. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I think the self-effacing bit of this for me is that I could ask you other questions. I, yeah, it's... Um, so why would that I guess one... it's probably because it's kind of so personal, personal to me, mm. yeah, and kind of creative and expressive, emotional, emotive, all those things. Driving isn't... It yeah. can be, but to, to a very different... I think any kind of artistry is giving something of yourself over. Okay, so there's a subjective nature Where I it. kind of feel... And I like to think that's a good thing. It takes a while to kind of get used to it, but having that tension for in a in a creative mm. pursuit, I think that's what makes it's the we talked about the other day the the tragic comic, you know, the stand ups. Yeah, the the best ones have the tension, mm. whether it's self doubt, whether it's you know um, whatever it is, a, t a tough upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that constant rutting of of emotions it kind of is what art is all about and artistry is all about mm -hmm. i wouldn't say driving is a creative pursuit yeah but then you think i mean just going bearing in mind what this podcast's about and one of the things mm. is about mental health in terms of i think i think firstly compliments are underused I, uh, in terms of i don't think people tell other people enough that was really no, good I, no i don't i, I compliment we, we had this discussion about Sometimes people commenting almost factually. So it's you know, you've had your, you've had your hair cut. Yeah, people do that a lot. Yeah, you think is that is that kind of someone trying to get close to a compliment that can't quite get it out? Yeah. What do you think yes. of our podcast? <laughs> You're doing well for doing a podcast. Yeah. Well done for doing. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So you were very as, brave. Yeah. You can talk <laughs> yeah. and record. And I think the other problem is is because people don't take compliments well in general. A lot of people don't. But, but but they'll do a caveat to take the compliment down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like your hair looks really good, and it'll be, oh, I wish it was a bit longer, and, and but it's not, and I've got a few greys coming yeah. through. Yeah, it's like no, absolutely. shut up! I'm telling you, your hair looks really good. Yeah. So it's. I think that's what I found with you. Actually, yeah, that I I think I remember coming in a couple of weeks ago saying, "Oh, I like your trainers." Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Not oh, well, these are oh, you know yeah. yeah. I think I'm I'm probably I think I do it, and I think a lot of people I know generally will put themselves down. You, you take a compliment really well. Mm -hmm. I think they're important to you. You, oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got books and I'm, on this. Is I'm, <laughs> this is why I'm quite, <laughs> this is why I'm quite um, contradictory because I say I don't, need, I don't need them. I don't feel I need them, but I'm not going to sit here and say they're not nice when they happen. Mm. But I've also come from a place where I, I'm not comfortable with them. That, I guess that's the struggle. But there's, a real, there's a real need for me to create and... And put out and that needs confirmation and it assurance does I, I just i guess maybe um but i have never been good with it i don't know why one of the things i was going to say this is in terms of like threads and i like the idea of threads and we mention them a lot in terms of things we've talked about in the last few podcasts we started off i showed you the text that um my good mate had sent me and finished his sounding his like um leading off was like levy to the fridge and back yeah, yeah. and we talked about don't just talk for talk's sake or don't just share something for sharing's sake. You know, make sure the person you're speaking to is going to help you. And I think all of this is going down the same line. When we were being jokey about the range and, you know, just a collection of words doesn't actually take you anywhere. And we're in a minute when we get round yeah, yeah, to yeah. the bit, there's a yeah. quote. And the irony is that we've been knocking some quotes and they're going, they're all shit because we didn't make them up. But <laughs> here's, one, yeah. here's one that we really like. Yeah. But I think the theme that I'm getting from what we're talking about is there are some simple things you can do in life that are basically a basic human need and affirmation and verification and validation are amongst those things. Mm. But I think it's almost like we expect it and we like it when it happens, but we forget to give it the other way. Yeah. So when you say my trainers look really good, 
although it's only a little thing, yeah. you weren't just saying it for the sake of it. No. I mean, they did look good. <laughs> I mean, pr- box fresh. Box fresh. <laughs> so, and you had a haircut at the same time. Yeah. The whole, so you'd, the you'd, whole you'd, lot. You'd done the whole, yeah, yeah. Top and bottom. <laughs> but the point I guess I'm making is that we can sit here and go, it's really nice getting compliments. You might not take them very well. I might take them better. I might not. But then do we then go away in the same way that we were saying about the hydration? What's to stop us? And I don't mean just sort of vaguely going to someone, oh, you look nice. But if you see someone that, you know, you feel that you can make a valid contribution by complimenting yeah. them. Why don't we do that every day in the same way? That, how do we find drinking water hard? How do we <laughs> find it hard to say to something, someone that would lift them? Yeah. And I think that's the thing with mental health. If if, if you've gone the whole day and no one said anything good about you, yeah. it's easy if you're in a bad place to then go, yeah. no one loves me. Yeah, but I think we don't do it enough. No. I especially after gigs, always used to be nice when people come up after a gig and go, oh, I really enjoyed that, I'm a drummer, and you have a chat. You go, mm-hmm. I don't, I get more pleasure on going, I'm a drummer, we start chatting drums, or go, I like it, you know, that was kind of good when you did, you know, I yeah. don't need anyone to come up and blow smoke up my ass. Mm. Um, I don't, actually. I will come away knowing how, generally, what I need to do next time to be better mm. than what I just did. Straight after I'll be analysing what I've, yeah. how I could have done X, Y, and Z better. I think a or how we could have done better yeah. as a band collectively yeah. or whatever. So um, there's always work. I guess there's always work to do. But if you give a compliment that has context rather than you played the drums well, which doesn't really mean anything, but if they say on that second song, that drum solo like really moved me. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, I'm not being facetious. Do you know no, what I mean? No, if they, just... they put the compliment into context. So when I'd spoken yeah. at my dad's funeral, I, yes. a lot of people came up and said, I loved your speech. If I got up for two minutes, cried for 90 seconds and said, I really love my dad, I'm going to miss him, people would have come up and said, I loved your speech. The point I'm making is that if the compliment has a context, so if someone said, I loved your speech because it evoked Mm -hmm. memories that I had of your father when you were talking about him on the beach or doing handstands, the context of the compliment then gives it value. So So bringing this to an end... Yes. Time-wise. He says, please bring it. No, no, I'm just thinking whether, and this is just being a little bit more proactive and thinking how I am with my clients, I wonder whether you and I, over the next week, could just do a little bit of this, not with each other, actually actively trying to make somebody feel happier, better, Mm. more assured, Mm. and not just ad-libs like, yeah, you look nice, but actually thinking this person could benefit Mm. from me recognizing what they've done or what they've said or how they've performed be interesting to see the feedback of people so we can change yeah Mm. uh we've kind of moved into the drop and give me 20 so we're going to do the um uh appropriate term i shouldn't really talk over it should i (laughs) um you have a quote i haven't put it into the mailbag but i put it into the drop and give me 20 because i think it has something to do with productivity motivation i've i've advocated mindfulness a lot um it was interesting someone came back to me when we did the workout top five or bottom five whichever way we decided to do them yeah and someone (laughs) someone went my god you've changed when i had yoga a second (laughs) right (laughs) which which was good it was a nice thing to say in a way um so i've just started off on something called mindfulness-based stress reduction we talked about stress before i don't see stress as a bad thing yeah um but i think the management of stress is important um and yeah, the point I was making, we've been a little bit flippant about some of the, you know, your Prosecco quotes and your giggles and shits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a quote that I actually actively found for myself. So when I was going to do the speech, I wanted to have a sense of calm. So I wanted to deliver the speech about my dad in the best way possible. I didn't want it to be emotional. And I know I can control my emotions totally. So I looked at something just to to give me that sense of calm that when I got up there I knew that I would just deliver it how I wanted it to deliver there's nothing wrong about being emotional Mm -hmm. I just chose not to be emotional at that speech yeah and there was two things one was I said to you there was one particular reference about a minute in and I knew I would be emotional on that one word Mm -hmm. so I preempted it by saying to the people there this is when I'm going to get a little bit choked up so I did, and then I moved on. And so there is this element that I'm finding at the moment that mindfulness is giving me that control. So if I want to remain calm, I have the facilities and the ability to remain calm. Mm. Um, but it's an active thing. You can't mm. just be calm. 
So the reason I want to say this quote, and I'm not going to every week go, here's another great quote. Three people have got back to me on this quote um, this week and said they've listened to it and made a decision based on this quote, right. which I think is quite, quite, well, yeah, it's powerful. amazing really, yeah. yeah. And so it's stop trying to calm the storm, calm yourself, the storm will pass. And I just think it's that bit around, I think it's similar to the quotes about, you know, only control those things that you're able to, mm. very much like the 12-step program. It's, you know, there's elements of the 12-step program for addiction that, yeah. that cover certain elements of being, you know, controlling certain things and not worrying about other stuff. So I guess that's maybe why that um, is a telling quote. But I think what I, the, the people that have done it have, have forgotten the storm because they can't influence the storm. That's going to happen. That's mm -hmm. other people or other circumstances. But if they can look after themselves and make sure they're strong, yeah. the other stuff will either pass or they'll be in a better position mm -hmm. to deal with it. Yeah. And the three people, one has been a very emotional one and one has been a very practical one. And both of them have said, I've taken that bit of advice. I've looked after myself. And the storm has basically fought itself out. Yeah. You know, it didn't need my intervention. It was going to go. Everything's cyclical. Yeah. So, yeah, I just like that one. That um, is good. Again, we touched on it the other week, um, didn't we, about sometimes you've just got to let let things, you know, happen to you. You yeah. can't stop the pain sometimes. No. So that's kind of not necessarily fixing it, not mm -hmm. making it go away. Like you said, preparing yourself for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, taking it on, I guess. Mm but in a proactive way, mm. you know, not in a reactive way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, again, the storm kind of analogy of, um, you know, boarding up the windows. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not going to stop the storm. No. But no. it's just going to help you get through it. Yeah. I yeah. like it. Yeah. And I think the other thing, just final bit on this, was that I don't know if it was two podcasts or three, and I was saying something around feeling quite blessed. When we go on about the numbers, I think there's a certain humility about, I'm still amazed that people will listen to us. You just look at the number of podcasts in the world and you think people have got that choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact they listen to us is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a massive compliment, but it's also, I don't know, I can't fail to be surprised. Mm -hmm. But thinking about that quote is I'm sort of, as we're talking now, thinking that either if someone's listening to this as they're getting off to sleep or someone's listening to this because they're having a hard time, that... Yeah. Something like that quote. Do you know what I mean? That's almost the quality of this. It isn't trying to get a few laughs. It isn't just trying to mm. tell you which protein. If someone is listening to this and is able to go, right, tomorrow is going to be better for me because of this, yeah. then I think that's what we're about. I think so. Do you know what I mean? I think our niche is almost changing a little bit. To, yeah. I thought we were going to be stories of laddish behavior in strip clubs in Munich, but. I'm, I'm being. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I, I just realized I was in that one. <laughs> I was just like, tell me about that. Oh, yeah, I was there. <laughs> so that's next week out the window. Is that a flashback? No, but you know what I mean? It's sort of, we've, <laughs> we've sort of gone down the line based a little bit on feedback and this has almost found its own level. And I think yeah, the level so. is about yeah. a, a bit of self, a bit of quiet self-help, I suppose. You're talking about that, that quote reminds mm -hmm. me of, um, we have a Pinterest, um, oh, anyone, yeah. any yeah, Pinteresters yeah. out there where I've been, we've been collecting some and, and you look at that, there's a quote for everything, isn't there? Mm. The Instagram's full of quotes. Mm -hmm. I like to think that it, this is kind of about taking, if you can take one thing, if you take, if you don't take anything from it, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But if you can take one thing from it, then Brit, like I said, we know our work here is done. That's yeah, kind of where, totally. where we're at. Um, I was going to come up with a sharp one liner there to be funny. Well, when I was being serious. Yeah. I just realized <laughs> it was, I think it was the thing I was saying to you about the yew trees. Instead of looking at the yew trees, I was listening <laughs> to you. What were you thinking about? No, I was thinking, I think it was, the, I said the other day about someone who was like sharing something with me and then sort of chucks mm. in some sort of reference to almost like take away the seriousness of what they were saying. Yeah. And I think it was, I almost fell into it then. <laughs> I'm listening to you saying quite profound words and I was going to go, it's, it's have two, you heard the one about, you know. It's two guys down a pub, hasn't it? Yeah. But you don't always have to end on a laugh, I guess. No, you don't. We rarely do. It's very true. We can end on um, your jingle. Um, it's your jingle. It's no drowning monkeys. What were they? What? No. <laughs> the, the the band that are so kindly yeah. given us it's our Johnny, theme. Isn't it? Johnny, yeah. Yeah, I remember Johnny. And the monkey fighter. Or monkey, monkey fighters, fighters yeah. yeah. Drowning monkeys. I'm glad folks. he's going to be delighted that you've forgotten the name already. <laughs>
<laughs> I got half of it right. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. It is it. Yeah. Another um, day, another dollar. Yeah, you can listen to us. I'm not going to go through the list now. You can no, listen to us on um, on all the main providers. Yeah, platforms. Um, you can search for I'm Fine and uh, we're going to pop up. So don't have to talk about that anymore. Um, so well done for getting this far and thanks for listening. All links and references to what we've been talking about in this episode will be in our show notes. And please give us a follow and leave comments on our Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just find us on the username at I'm Finecast. Send us an email. We keep talking about email. Mm. It's I'd a love very... correspondence. Yeah, I I'm would needy. as well. Yeah, you do need. Mm. You want some compliments? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd quite, I wouldn't mind the complete opposite. Someone going, you're a bit of a wanker. Then it, it's it's still okay. the way my head Is it works. That thing where, Any yeah, attention's good attention. If we're going to be remarkable, we need someone to remark. Yeah. Right. You can email us at imfinecast at gmail.com. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about how can we don't know our bodies. Mm. are we kind of taking our clothes off i think we will i think we'll (laughs) we could do a naked podcast just uh, i don't think i'd be comfortable you'd be comfortable with that i've told you about my photograph haven't i i have told you okay show notes for next week i'll tell you about my naked photograph it's not going to surprise you is it (laughs) No, I mean most of it, most of your Instagram, we haven't got any clothes on anyway. So those I'm just trying changed. to get some followers. <laughs> <laughs> those days have changed. Um, no, when we discussed this very it's, very quickly, this is a tease for next next yeah. episode. Yeah, tease for next. One of the things when we're talking about the protein powder, we don't know what's going in our body. I've been doing a little bit of research, and I'm thinking we don't actually know how our body works. And so, yeah, next week is going to be proper science for someone who's got a d in combined chemistry and physics who knows his stuff i know this yeah, is more biology and a dubious, a dubious masters <laughs> in human resources well i'm basically a scientist if, if that's that what you are you might have a, you might be a doctor and just become you might have done a i might be, i was in Sheffield a long time <laughs> <laughs> now the point i'm going to make point i'm going to make is i think we don't know our bodies. We don't know how our body works. We don't know what's happening within our body. We don't know what happens when our body ages, which I think is going to be a key thing yeah, for feedback so. we had before. So, yeah, I want to, to have something in there about people understanding how your body works and how you can make it work better. Yeah. I think that uh, this might kind of tie in, but I'm quite interested on how we listen to our bodies. Okay. So there's knowing. I think we, we take a lot of things for granted. I, thought, I think you can listen. Mm-hmm. I've tried to listen and be in tune. Mm-hmm. I might even have a story about my uh, my guts. Oh yeah, you hinted at that before. Yeah, I did. If anyone wants to, um, that, might need, <laughs> that might need that might need a health kind of mark naked in public. Health warning. Yeah, guts. it might be quite a, um, a very explicit episode. It is um, parental advisory. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. Great, loved it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.